0: Today's episode is brought to you by Nice Touch Editing Services. Nice Touch Editing is a one-stop shop resource for all of your content editing and writing needs. This company offers a professional content and editing writing service that helps individuals and businesses convey their content in a clear and concise manner to their target audience. If you're an author looking to have your book edited, a grad student looking for a proofreader, or a business owner looking to hire a blog writer and more, visit www.nicetouchediting.com today. Nice Touch Editing. Now that's a nice touch. And now, on to today's episode. Welcome, 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 world. Welcome. It's a pleasure to have you here today on the second, number two, the second episode of the Nice Touch Podcast. I go by the name of Ibn Akbar, and I am your humble host and founder of Nice Touch Editing Services. I'm so excited. I'm I'm thrilled today, people. I I have to say I'm, I'm extremely excited about today's show. If you join me for the first episode of the Nice Touch podcast, I gave you a little sneak peek into what you can expect for today's episode. And today is a very special day because we have our first, our very first guest on the show, miss amina ross author of an awesome self-help book titled depression free a wise woman's guide to healing and happiness so without further ado miss ross welcome to the nice touch podcast
1: oh thank you thank you Ivan. thank you for inviting me thank you for the
0: nice intro (laughs) of course of course i truly truly appreciate you taking the time today to join us um You know, as I mentioned in your introduction, you're the author of quite an amazing book, Depression-Free, A Wise Woman's Guide to Healing and Happiness. And before we really delve into the book and the inspiration behind creating such a a powerful read, I hope you can first just give myself and the audience a little bit of information about your background.
1: Okay, well, my background, uh, well, I'm right now, I am... Happily retired nurse. I've been a nurse for 20, 25 plus years, work in various capacities and facilities. Uh, so many things. I've worked uh, in jails. I've worked, uh, I did a, something I really loved. I ran a health program for a home for teen moms and their babies. Uh, I've done an HIV program for the city. Uh, aside from my nursing, I actually am a family divorce mediator haven't done that for a while but I was trained in that. Uh, I've been an advocate for foster care agency and um, also a mediator for middle school program up in Boston and I've done a lot of work in the jails as, as far as I've been in jails as a nurse but I've also gone there to counsel women It's very interesting uh, so I've got a, a lot of things I've done in my years.
0: Awesome. It sounds like you've definitely worn many hats over your time, so that's always a great thing. Uh, It sounds like you have great experience. Um,
1: Oh, oh, hold on. Let me tell you one more, though, that was really important to me, too. I've worked with Better Women's and Better Women's Shelter, and that was very rewarding and something
0: uh, I continue to be a part of. Okay, awesome. Uh, And how was that experience?
1: Well, it's rewarding when you're helping women. Also, I mean, it's sad because so many women have been displaced because of abuse um, but our job has been to help them through the court system to be protected and to get back on their feet so it's very rewarding when you're helping someone it's sad sometimes when women kind of get away but they're not there yet and they go back to the abusive situation um, so you know you win some you lose some but definitely rewarding when you can help
0: definitely understand that and that. that's amazing you it's amazing you've been able to kind of have that opportunity. To give back in the ways that you have given back. Now, with regards to the book, I I love the title, Depression Free A Wise Woman's Guide to Healing and Happiness. And just from a more technical angle, what would you say was your experience in finding the right editor for your manuscript and to really help, I guess, breathe life into your book prior to publication? Okay, breathe life into
1: my baby. Well, okay, I'd worked with. A few editors before because I have written articles for nursing magazines, and of course the editor's already there, so those were easy to work with. In self-publishing my own book, I had to find my own editor. So, you know, I understood that it as important to find someone compatible that could really work with you. So the first editor I tried, I sent her like three pages of my book. She edited, them, got the pages back to me, and I don't know what she read because what she read. And what she understood was nothing like what I, was nothing like I, what I want out to my audience. She definitely didn't understand where I was coming from. Uh, which was fine, because everyone's not gonna be compatible. So, you know, I sort of paid for that at that the end of that. Then I was referred to another editor, who I contacted, and gave her three pages. And she sent them back to me, and we were a great match. She totally understood where I was coming from. And um, I was very pleased with her. So, that was right i understood too. when going through that process there are many many types of editors i didn't know that but i learned that so when i was referred to nice touch i needed one more editor and that was to format my book and proofread it and that's when i was referred to you nice touch editing and indeed i have to say you really polished my manuscript you did give it that final touch that it needed so i was really pleased to work with you and i'm hoping to work with you soon in the future Cause I am finishing another book. So you will be hearing from
0: me. <laughs> that's awesome. That's, that's definitely what I like to hear. And I'm glad, you know, it was, it was a joy reading your book. And I was glad I was able to kind of lend a hand to help get it ready for, for the masses. Um, so back on to the title, Depression-Free, A Wise Woman's Guide to Healing and Happiness. It's, it's a definite attention grabber. There's no question about that. So I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you, what is the meaning behind the title of this book?
1: Well, the meaning behind my title was that I've been through depression and it was such a relief to be free from it. And so I wanted to share that depression free, a wise woman's guide to healing and happiness. Uh, So that was important to me. Um, I went through my depression back about 30 years ago and the funny thing back then, when I went through it, I was actually a nurse on a psychiatric ward at the hospital. Um, and you would have known I was going through a depression. And in fact, I really didn't get it until I crashed and went through that depression. So it was important to me to share how I got through my depression, um, and mostly, mostly because I got through my depression without medication. And that was something really important to me, because being a nurse, I had witnessed many people going through it, being medicated, and never resolving the problems that they had. And it was important to me not to have to use the medication. So um, depression-free, a wise woman's guide to healing and happiness, yes, you can be free from depression.
0: Oh, wow, thank you. Thank you for your honesty and your, your transparency, it's definitely... You know, from, from reading the book, is definitely a breath of fresh air. It, it seems to really provide hope for, for a lot of individuals who may be going through tough times and, you know, have a bit of depression that they're going with, going through, excuse me. So you mentioned that you went through your bout with depression about 30 years ago. What do you believe was the root cause of depression, the depression that you were challenged with?
1: Well, I think people go through all different types of depression, but um, once I started to resolve and work on my depression, I looked back and saw that really, I think mine had started years ago when I was younger, because I actually, eh, my younger years, I had a sort of dysfunctional relationship with, with my mother. And um, so probably from the age of nine or 10, uh, my mother had gone blind when I was nine and it, it was rough you know we were really dysfunctional and I believe looking back you know going back looking through what was going on with, with my mom I realized that my mother had a dysfunctional relationship with her mother and I think that spilled over into our relationship and her parenting and I think what happens now I think now we're more open with resolving issues and talking about things and I think back then she probably wasn't. So probably from the time I was nine and 10, up until I really crashed, um, I had a lot of challenges in my life. I'd gone through, oh, well, i gone through a divorce. I had three children. Um, it was a trying time, it was a really trying time. So I would say a lot of it was that I didn't have a strong self-esteem. I didn't have that. I didn't feel really good about myself. Um, yeah, I didn't feel good about myself. I didn't have some people just blessed and lucky they have someone nurturing them the way they should be nurtured and you know encouraging them and making them feel good about themselves. And I had that from my dad, I would say, but from my mother, no, I really didn't. Uh, so I would say that was a lot of my self esteem. I, I it was really very, very low, and that was a big part of it. So, one thing. I had to learn and learning and going through and coming through my depression was learning how to love me because I spent most of my time in my younger years trying to trying to be loved, trying to do the right thing, trying to get to be liked. Um, yeah, When you're doing that, you're giving away yourself, but you're not loving yourself. So that was a lot of my, my issues, self-esteem.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much for saying that, Miss White. Um, I can definitely see how, you know, the book you've written and your background and your story really kind of just, it relates and it makes sense as to why you would have written such a powerful book. Now, there are a lot of other books out there on depression and self-help. How would you say your book is formatted differently from other books on the same topic, you know, with regards to mental health and depression, things of that nature.
1: Well, I think I wrote my book because I felt there was a need. I mean, as a nurse, a medical person, a health person, um, I knew there was a need for someone to really be candid and really write about it and not not let the stigma that depression has hang over my head. I really wanted to share uh, I wanted to share really what I had gone through and again as a nurse when I went through it I um, I was a nurse working in a psychiatric unit hospital no one knew what I was going through you know I was going through a lot but no one really knew that and what had happened I came home one day I believe it was a weekend and at the same time I had really bad migraines all the time I had horrible migraines and I had medications for the migraines and um, you know, I actually mixed my migraine prescription medication with some over-the-counter medications and pretty much knocked me out. I ended up in the hospital emergency room and, you know, the doctor was asking me was I trying to kill myself and, you know, I remember crying to saying, no, I wasn't trying to kill myself, but I was trying to get through the pain I was going through. Um, so I feel like I'm writing my book. That I know I've been around people that that hide that what they're going through. You you would be amazed how many people are taking anxiety medications and depression medications and you know you can hide it. You can actually hide that nobody really knows sometimes. But you know I wanted to help other people to get through what they were going through. Mm. Um, So I think my book is a bit different because I write, I don't do, I do a lot about, I do some of it so what I was going through, but more important for me was sharing how I got there without medication. So another thing that bothered me, I've seen many patients um, given antidepressant medications and I've seen them come worse than they were. I had a friend who started off taking antidepressants and then they started, you know, giving her shocks for her brain and she was never the same again. And I've seen that with, with patients. And um, I didn't want that. So, actually, before I actually went whole into the depression, I did try to get help. Before I went to my doctor and asked for some help. And they actually gave me a psychiatrist to talk to. But the person I talked to, uh, we were not connected at all. Uh, I think she was from a different country. and. Her first thing was, I'm gonna give you medication. And I was adamant that I did not want medication. So we kept bumping heads. And after I left her, I never ever went back again. Now what I know now is that had I understood really my rights, I would have known, she doesn't work for me, this isn't working for me. But I had a right to go back and say, that person doesn't work for me, can we try someone else? And I I didn't do that. Uh, And then what happened, once once I came out of the hospital, um, my depression, I really went to depression and actually lost my job. I and mean, when I lost my job, well, a requirement when I left the hospital was to get counseling. Um, I signed up, I had counseling once, and then I lost my job. Then I lost my job, I went back for counseling. It's like, eh, no job, no insurance. So that was the end of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and what happened though, I had a, a nurse, a psychiatric nurse, which I liked, and she suggested I read a book. Um, she gave me a book that lasted and said, I think you should get this book, and I went and got a book that she suggested. Um, which actually was a, was called Dependent No More, depend, Co-Dependent by Melanie Beattie. And I actually went home and read that, sat and read that book, and realized a lot of that was me. And from that on, I started working with self-help books and, and, and talking to very few people about what I was going through. And just really having a lot of faith in God um, to get me through. Mm. So that was the beginning of mine. And what I wanted to share was that not all the time do we sometimes, not everyone is going to be able to go to a doctor or will go to a doctor. But I believe that God has given all of us within us what we need to help ourselves. Mm. Uh, And I think that's where we begin believing that we can help ourselves. So I think my book is different in that, Part of it is my story, but then a lot of it is about the tools I use to get me through it. And my hope is that when people read it, they'll see that, you know what? Um, I can do a lot of this for myself. You have to do a lot of it for yourself. But my hope is that they'll see the tools that I use and it'll be a hope for them. So it's not a lot of, it's not because I'm not a professional, I'm not a psychiatrist or psychologist. I wrote this from my heart and I wrote mm-hmm. it from what I knew worked for me. So it's not a long read, but it's something you could read every day, parts of it. It has um, my story, it has a lot of positive quotes in it, and um, a lot of twos in it. It's helpful. So I think it's different in that that aspect.
0: Definitely. Now, you you mentioned that the book has a lot of quotes. Do you see that positive affirmations are... Are something that can really help individuals kind of bring themselves up um, as opposed to medication positive affirmations is that a big part of it I think it's a
1: big part of it I think where well, for me was attitude change because as I say I was um, my self-esteem was low uh, it was whole attitude change for me I had to look at myself differently I had to start where I was used to a lot of negative talk from people or mm. especially my mother I had to start um seeing myself differently so i mean what i would do i would plaster all of them and then i had i had a, i had someone who i called my other mom who came into my life and um she was very positive and very nurturing for me and i was like about I think about 25 26 when i met her and um so i started putting a lot of positive things all around my room i would just put it in my bathroom my kitchen everywhere i would just put positive things and i would read them didn't necessarily believe in the time I would read them, but I would read them. It's sort of like they say, fake it till you make it. And
0: right.
1: gradually, slowly, I started to learn how to love me. Before I kind of heard, oh, you're selfish, you're selfish, but no, it's not selfish. You have to love you before you can love anyone else. So I would say, learning to love me and always having faith in God um, got me going. So affirmations are good. Um, I think they're very good. To read. They're not everything, but they're definitely, um, as they say, a, a, a positive attitude is much better than a negative attitude. Mm. So yeah. I would say definitely attitude changes, even what keeps me today, the attitude. It's always your attitude. So um, yeah, I think the affirmations are, are really good. There are some poems in here, everything okay. positive, and you know, I've had a lot of Responses from people that have told me. I've had people say they just keep it at their bedside, and sometimes yeah. when they read a quote or read a poem, they pick it up, and um, right. you know it helps them along the way. Yes,
0: that's amazing. Now, some people may look at the the title of the book as well as the book cover, which is a, an amazing book cover for for the audience out there. Um, if you do decide to check it out, the book cover itself will definitely capture your attention, but you know, here in hearing the title, Depression-Free, A Wise Woman's Guide to Healing and Happiness, one may wonder, is this a book strictly for women, or is this a book for all genders? How, how would you see your book as?
1: Uh, my book is not only for women. Uh, I've had a lot of men buy my book. A Wise Woman's Guide to Healing Happiness only means that through, through my experiences, I feel like I've become a little wise. So just me mm-hmm. being a wise woman... Guiding you um, mm-hmm. to hopefully heal yourself and to happiness. But you know, I've had many men buy the book. Uh, yes, men go through things too. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I've a lot of men come to me and talk to me about the book. Again, being a nurse and working while I work before I retired, uh, my book came out and um, my job actually you know, um, allowed me to, to um, promote in so, matter of fact um, the mental health section of my job they actually actually donate books to them i donated books to um, to the chaplain's office so my book's pretty well known and uh, no i actually had a lot of my patients i had patients that came to me and bought the book and patients that trust me enough to talk to me about what they were going through and surprisingly well not surprisingly because depression is not does not discriminate so i've had mm-hmm. Um, a, a clergy come to me and talk about what they were going through and get the book. I had a psychiatrist come to me. Uh, well, come to me, and they were patients of mine anyway, and share their stories and buy the book. So, you know, depression can hit anyone. So, definitely. you know, it's definitely for men as well as women. I've had men buy it for for their, for their female friends um, or mother or other people, and I've had men buy it for themselves
0: definitely not. I, I definitely agree in your statement, you know, depression does not discriminate. Uh, we, we all go through things. I myself have gone through some ups and downs in my journey, so so it's definitely no discrimination. I understand that. Um, so, since you conquered your bout with the depression, do you believe you've ever had any moments where you felt yourself I guess kind of slipping back into that space? And And if so, how did you go about handling that?
1: Okay, I can say that um, I've had moments when I could slip back into that space, but because of the tools I use, I don't, because I think everything is your attitude and your mindset. So I look at everything now as a choice. I can choose if something happens. I can choose to allow myself to get in that slump, or I can say no. You know, I can handle this. There's one thing I do that I, I like. Um, let me think for a second. Uh, oh, my God, what is it? A prayer that I say to myself sometimes. Um, I have to think a second. Um, but there are things I use. There's uh, oh the Serenity Prayer. The Serenity Prayer. Um, God grant me the wisdom. God grant me the wisdom to. Oh my God, (laughs) I'm having a a brain fart right now. But (laughs) no No prayers
0: happen.
1: Said that you know that you I, I can. If I, can, if I can do something about it, I will. If I can't, then I accept that and I move on. I don't let things get to me. But I realize I can't control everything. Um, I know that, say sometimes, you know, remember you can be listening to a song and it, it, it gives you a flashback, something is happening. You start feeling bad and you get into that mood. Well, it's like, it's like watching television set. If you don't like it, you can change the station. So when hmm. something comes to me and I realize, I hear it sounds like, you know what, that's kind of making me sad. I don't want to be sad. I change that station. I go to something else that's going to keep me up, positive and motivated. And um, and I would have to say that I've had many challenges, nothing has taken me back. And if anything, it would have taken me back. Two weeks before my book came out, um, as opposed to, well I did have, two weeks before the book came out, I was supposed to have um, my book signed at Barnes and Nobles. And it was a week I had taken out of work, two weeks out of work because we had a lot of celebrations going on and I was married to my former husband at the time. And what happened was, out of the blue, when we are getting ready for these events going on, my former husband said to me one day that he was tired of the house, he was sick of the house, and wanted to get the keys back to the company because our house was upside down, but a lot of houses were upside down back then. And, uh, but we had decided to keep our home. But he decided he didn't want it anymore, and he was wanting to leave the home, but then he also announced that he was leaving the marriage. Now, um, that was a shock. And that was two weeks before my book signing. And I just wrote this great book about, you know, healing and happiness, and I hear this. And, you know, after for a while, I thought maybe he was joking, and I realized he was dead up serious, I
0: also realize that, you know what? Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back. My apologies. We seem to be experiencing some slight technical difficulties and we unfortunately cut our featured guest off today, which we have Miss Amina Ross in the house, who is the author of Depression Free, A Wise Woman's Guide to Healing and Happiness. So what we're going to do is just kind of Keep it going. Keep it rolling, ladies and gentlemen. We don't let technical difficulties slow us down, not at all. So, Miss Ross, I apologize for the difficulty. And you—we we, we happened to be cut off when you were discussing your prior husband. He had mentioned that he wanted to leave the marriage, and you were saying how you feel like you wrote the book to kind of help yourself through that situation. I believe that's where we cut off.
1: Right, right. So I was saying that um, that was a shock because actually yeah. the week before telling me how supportive he was and how he was going to, you know, he was helping me with these book signs And it's like, really? I, I've seen this on the TV. I've heard people do this, but not in real life. So, but then I felt like, you know, I think God helped me. God had me write this book to get me through this. So I knew that if what I wrote about in the book and the tools that I had in there, that if they were as good as I thought they were, they wouldn't get me through. And they did. Definitely they did. And I when I had my book signing, I had a lot of women come up to me and were going through things. And I told them, I said, well, you know, my husband just abandoned me. And this book is what's getting me through. And mm. you know, I've been so blessed that, um, you know, God is good. Uh, I'm remarried now. As a, as a matter of fact, Uh, My book is Amina Ross. I'm actually married again to a wonderful man and um, actually Amina White. But, um, of course, my books and everything still say Ross. Okay,
0: Um, okay. Miss White.
1: You know, so challenges, yes. So that, and again, I'm going to go back from it. I remember it. So the serenity prayer. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. In our reality, oftentimes, when things come up, I ask myself that. I say that prayer to myself, and I decide, what can I do? Can I do anything, or, you know, do I have the wisdom to know that, you know, there's nothing I can do with this? And, um, you know, surprising. my other thing is, you know, I believe my faith. My faith definitely is what gets me through everything. And um, even from the day I said that, when he walked out, I had the same prayer. I have the same prayer every morning that I'm grateful if I wake up and the phone doesn't ring during the night that something's happened to one of my children or someone I love or care about. Because in reality, somebody gets a call every day that something's happening to. So if I haven't gotten a call, I'm grateful for another day. And I'm grateful if I can get up in the morning and take care of me. Because as a nurse, you see so many people that are in the hospital that cannot do for themselves, that are dependent on other people. And it makes you humble and it makes you gracious and, and, and just a blessing if you can still take care of yourself. So with those things, you know, I have a good day every day. I just feel blessed and grateful. Um, mm. And so I know that getting through depression, it's, I think it's an attitude thing, you know, um, medications there, but the things that affect us are in the heart, the mm. heart. And we have to get through them. A part of it, I learned it's just a, it's a journey. It's sort of like you there's, there's something I've read that you cannot have a testimony if you've never been tested. Mm. So we go through these tests along the way and they become the journey. And, um, and the bad things we share. If we can share something that brightens someone else's day or makes their their, their load a little lighter, then, you know, that's a blessing. So, you know, that's what I hope my, my book does for someone, that it makes their load a little lighter and they know they're not alone. There are very few things happen to people that have not already happened to someone else, you know. And um, yeah, and I think the other really important thing, too, is that this can happen to any of us. I don't care how we look sometimes. We could be looking sharp, walking in the office, walking to church, anyone, but it doesn't mean that inside and behind those closed doors we're not going through something. And I think the issue is that we break that stigma so people are more open to getting the help that they need.
0: Absolutely. And I guess kind of to piggyback off of your, you know, you mentioned that these things happen to anybody and, you know, sometimes it may not be surface level, but internally, how would you, I guess, are, are you able to share any signs that people should look for that may alert them that a friend or a family member may be going through a bout with depression?
1: I can share some things, sure. Uh, sometimes if you see someone, if, they're, if, they're, if their attitude is changing, if they're sad, and that's not their normal their, their normal attitude or makeup, if you're know, having crying spells, something's happened. You know, I think a lot of times if somebody's lost someone, or something mm. bad has happened, then, of course, you're you go through a period of sadness. So I think depression goes further than maybe two or three weeks where you're just sad because something happens. Um, It goes beyond that. Um, So maybe they are feeling guilty or worthless or they can't concentrate, which is something Mm. I I couldn't concentrate, um, which is once I really got depressed, I couldn't focus. And, um, you know, that's when I really lost my job. Um, Mm. That, you know, when they're, they're in aches or pain or they're talking about death or suicide, not eating, you know, showing a lot of worrying and agitation you can see these things, and especially, you know, watching a child, because things you see in a child may be different than an adult, and at the same time, and then say an older person, you know, you may watch if they've, they've lost someone, especially if you've lost a spouse, um, you know, or, or a child, you know, I know someone right now, one of my, um, I think my mother-in-law's friend is still grieving over her daughter, who's been gone for three years, and still grieving, so those are some signs, and then at the same time, it can be someone like me. You would have never, you you would not have known from looking at me or watching me that I was going through a depression. Mm. Uh, and, some, and some of that, too, for me, I think I spent so much energy trying to take care of other people as a nurse, and I was so busy in their stuff trying to avoid my stuff, you know. So you don't always see it. Robin Williams, he's making everybody laugh. Who sorry? So mm. sometimes you can see. And sometimes, some signs you will not see.
0: You know? Right.
1: But uh, it's very important if you see something different, then you want to say something or you know try to approach someone and see if you mm-hmm. can get them mm-hmm. to get help.
0: Definitely. Definitely. So, when it comes to getting help, if there are you know, because I know we have a lot of listeners out there. So, for any of our audience members who may be going through about with depression. Right now, um, are you able to share a few tips with us that maybe possibly help someone bring themselves up out of that depression?
1: Well, I mean, I would say the, the first thing is to try and talk to someone, uh, someone you trust, that you feel you can talk with. Uh, mm. you know, if you have a doctor that you really trust and feel comfortable with, to, you know, um, to ask them to refer you to someone to talk to. And sometimes, um, you know, it could be a social worker. It could be um, just a counselor. Uh, you know, many people you could talk with. But I think the first thing is, is 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 not being ashamed or embarrassed, and to open up and find someone that you're comfortable enough to talk to. I think that's that's number one. Um, and if you're not feeling that, if you're not feeling, you can you can reach out. You know, they have helplines you can call. You know, call a suicide hotline hotline. Um, you know, or a center, someone that you can talk with. And then also, you know, they do have self-help books in the stores. You know, go to the bookstore and, and find something to read. That's what I did. Most of my books, um, after I had the first one they recommended, I started reading more. And my goodness, I have a library of self-help books that were helpful for me. And um, I'll tell you someone else, too, um, Les Brown. He was a big one for me because, uh, again, I you know, once I didn't have my insurance and I couldn't go see a counselor, Um, I was reading books, but one day I was sitting home and I saw him on television and this was years and years ago. And he was on a PBS special and I heard him talking about, um, you know, feeling down and not feeling that way. And he was very saying, no, you don't have time to be that way to, you know, do something. And I was like, well, who the heck is he? But I was so impressed with him that I actually spent money to get his, and you know how far back that was to get his. That tapes. That takes you back a long. Ways. <laughs> um, I got his tapes, and I
0: thought,
1: Damn. And he was just so encouraging, and he made, and just looking at where he came from. And as I started reading about other people and motivational speakers, many people have had lives that were sad and like that you wouldn't believe, but they pulled themselves up and they got through it. And mm-hmm. um, you know, matter, matter of fact, Les Brown. After I through what I went through, and I wrote, I started doing self-help programs for a drug program. And I actually met Les Brown one day, and he signed um, he signed my brochure I had. And because uh, I had to thank him for helping me a lot, because I listened to him a lot, and it made such a difference in my life. So you know, my advice is to try and get help, get counseling. And sometimes if the first person you talk to doesn't help you, you don't feel compatible, then ask for somebody else. You have a right. You have a right to choose. Um, you have a right to be healthy and you have a right to to be down and sad, but take care of yourself. That's not how you live your life. Life is too short to be losing a moment a day in sadness and mm. giving, away, giving away your joy. So, you know, I'm just so, so happy and blessed that I came through that. And um and, and just happy that I want to share, share with anyone um, the fact that you can get through it. You know, and, and most of all, trying to get through it by working on your issues and not just not just taking a bunch of medications. It's medication for a lot of doctors is easy to give you a pill and let you go away. There's more time to have someone listen to you, really listen to what you're feeling and talk with you. Um, that takes more time, but that's the first. That's the best resource I find. And meditation. I mean, medit- meditating um, is a really great thing. So many things. In my book. There's a lot of too, so I would just hope that people take the time to to check it out, and I think it's very helpful.
0: Absolutely, I, I would agree with that sentiment. You know, and this this has been a very powerful topic we've touched on today, and we've we've used the word depression quite a few times throughout our conversation. Um, do you do you believe there are any negative stigmas attached to that word, depression? And if so, what do you believe are the the best steps we can all take to to help break that stigma?
1: Oh, sure. Yeah, it's a lot of stigmas. And I, and I see, you know, there are more advertisers on television and posters where they talk about trying to break the stigma. Um, and we have to do that because that's why people don't come out and talk. I think for a lot of people, if you're feeling that at work and you're afraid someone's going to know, then they're going to – you may lose your job, you know, mm-hmm. or – you know, somebody thinks, oh, when you say depression, they think, oh, you're crazy. You know, what's wrong with them? Um, mm-hmm. so it's, a lot of, it's a lot of stigma still attached to it. But I think one by one, my hope is it wasn't easy for me to come out and talk about it because I actually finished my book maybe a year before I came out with it because I felt like, do I really want people to know this? But then I felt like, I'm good. I'm fine. I'm happy. I'm in a good place. And I would want the joy I feel for someone else. So if my sharing helps someone else, then I'm all for it. So that's what I'm doing, and I think that's what more people have to do, to mm. to to hopefully um, keep people from harming themselves. Um, and these poor children, people that are these poor children that are killing themselves, for being bullied because mm. no one's talking about it, and, and it's just so so heartbreaking when children are hurting themselves, being depressed. Um, so I think. Parents have to pay more attention. Uh, pay as much, you know. You're giving them things, but pay attention and talk and really know your child's mood and know what's going on with them. Um, absolutely. You know, in a relationship. So, the stigma is there. I think it's going to a little less, a little less, but still have a long ways to go.
0: Long ways to go. Absolutely, absolutely. It's it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today, Miss White. Um, what would you what is the main thing you really want people to take away from your book, A Wise Woman's Guide to Healing and Happiness?
1: I want them to take away the fact that you don't have to stay in a depression, that there is help that you can get. Mm. And that most important, it's to love and know that you deserve to be happy and you mm. deserve to be joyful. And that until you are happy and joyful for yourself, you can't have that for anyone else. You can't really be in a relationship. You can't take care of your children the best you can if you're not feeling the best that you are. If you're not in your best state, you can't do a whole lot for anyone else. So what I hope the takeaway is that, um, that you can make a difference. You can change your life. You can find that joy and that peace It's there. So that's what I hope the takeaway would be.
0: Absolutely, Miss White. Absolutely. I, I agree with that sentiment 100%. Um, as I mentioned, it was a pleasure speaking with you today. Can, um, before I let you go, because we are going to go in and wrap up this Nice Touch podcast, episode two. We're going to wrap it up now. But before we do let you go, where can people contact you and how can they go about purchasing the book? Well, you can purchase the book at
1: www.aminaross.com. It's Amina, A M E E N A H Ross, R O S S dot com. Also, Amina, same thing, A M E E N A H white, W H I T E dot com. Oh, you can also find me on Facebook, Amina White on Facebook.
0: Okay. Well, Miss White, it was. As I mentioned and I've stated throughout, it was an absolute pleasure to have you on the Nice Touch podcast today. I want to thank you for being so honest and transparent today with me and the audience. I wish you much success with the book and all of your future endeavors. I look forward to the next book as well. But I truly believe that Depression Free, A Wise Woman's Guide to Healing and Happiness, has the power to change lives of all demographics, of all ages, of all genders. Um, so so thank you so much for joining us today.
1: And I thank you so much, Ibn. I appreciate that. Thank you. And you be well. And continue huh. success with Nice Touch editing.
0: Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And before we go, before we go, I've got to give a huge, a huge shout out to the listeners out there who decided to tune in to the second episode of the Nice Touch podcast. I recognize, and I mean this, I recognize that you all could have been anywhere doing anything with your time, but you chose to tune in and listen to me and Miss White have a very compelling conversation. So it does not go unnoticed by me in the least. I truly, truly appreciate you as an audience. And if you'd like if you like what you're hearing thus far, do not forget to subscribe to the podcast. We're currently available on iTunes. And also, please, please feel free to share this episode with anyone out there who you believe may benefit from this discussion with me and Miss White. Again, I am your humble host, Ibn Akbar, owner and founder of Night's Touch Editing Services, your content and writing professionals. And until we meet again, people, stay blessed, stay positive and always, always strive to be greater. Take care.